Adam Curry, John C. Dvorak. Oh, yeah, we've got the paper towel mic stand ready once again. It's time for your uh, Gitmo Nation audio publication. This is No Agenda. Still coming to you from the place with the crappy bandwidth, but we're doing our best. Coming to you from Gitmo Nation West in an undisclosed hotel location. I'm Adam Curry. And from some dark area, sun seems to have set. I guess that's not in the morning. I'm John C. Dvorak. It's Craig Bottom Buzzkill. In the morning. Yeah. Well, it's in the morning somewhere. It's always in the morning somewhere. That's right. In Amsterdam, it's in the morning right there now. There we go. Yeah. yeah. I'm sure there's a couple guys listening. <laughs> you think? I'm sure. Probably. <laughs> it is, uh, well, it's actually Wednesday evening, but this will go, by the time this goes out, it'll be uh, Thursday. So we'll be right on time for the show as usual. Kind of. Yeah. Hey, John, how you doing? Good. Excellent. You've oh. had a busy week. It really has been busy, but you know, I'm, I'm, I'm back meetings, in the... Meetings, meetings, meetings. I go into the officers and meetings, 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 just lots of meetings. Well, it's not just... Yeah, there's meetings, but we've got some... You know, we've got a huge piece of business in, so we had, it's all been creative meetings, which is different from boring meetings. I like the creative meetings. Mm. So we got... Uh, we got... Uh, what do we get? The, the new Honda Scooter, who we're going to advertise on the network. What new Honda scooter? Yeah, it's uh, Italy's favorite scooter is made by Honda, apparently. It's like a little motor scooter, like yeah. a Vespa? No, 150cc, so a real proper, and it's highway legal, apparently. So this is like a better than the Honda 50 back in the old 60s and 70s <laughs> yeah. when they had yeah. the Beach Boys singing da-da-da-da-da-da-da. The 49.9cc Honda, yeah. By the way, so I used to ride a motorcycle, and I, I and I realized that from one experience of one of those Honda fifties, as they used to be, called. which were four stroke, weren't they? They might have been, yeah. yeah they I weren't two so. stroke. I think yeah. they were four stroke. But whatever yeah. the case was, makes them even more gutless, you know, because they had a two stroke fifty, they have <laughs> twice as much power. Gutless. Basically. Now they it's had a gutless power. wonder. This thing. I had one. They had no um, no no ignition. Well. I don't know. I don't remember that. But whatever the case was, I do remember this. The thing, it was dangerous. <laughs> yeah. you, the brakes weren't any good. Wait, wait, John, 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 wait a minute. Hold on. Do the words new advertiser and Honda mean anything to you? No, I'm saying now they've obviously <laughs> gone in a different direction. Yes, thank you. Okay, just making sure, <laughs> you fool. But, but, but we're going to do an unboxing. I can't wait. They're going to actually ship it in a crate, and I'm going to unbox the scooter. Are you going to drive the scooter? I don't have a license for a scooter because I've been forbidden by many people in my life to ever drive anything with two wheels again since I what almost... Happened? Give oh, us a story. No, I told you this. I, I, did, I used to do the celebrity motocross. I used to do a lot of riding and motocross and trial riding. Aren't you a little tall to be on a motocross bike? Well, it was a KTM 450, uh, which was the last one I had. And I could have been easily quadriplegic. Uh, I got lucky. I couldn't poop straight for a year, um, and uh, I have not forgotten that because mm. when it comes to pooping, it's pretty important to me. Yeah, I think everybody knows that. <laughs> what so, do you mean? Uh, How, nobody knows that. So um, what is, what's on the top of the agenda? Because all the news I have is going to be uh, real news. Oh, I really? Think. Well, not really. I mean, it depends on what real news is to you. But as you, as you as you settle in in the Bay Area, I think you're going to find real news to be news. Well, I no, no, I'm not going to allow that to happen. And Did luckily, you know that since 1983, I didn't know this. Do by I have the to way. hit the jingle, or is that uh, no, no? This not. Okay. This is just the thing. I, I've got my notepad in front of me. I just, just I, every time I see this, I get annoyed. Okay. Did you know that since 1983, all the pennies in the United States that were minted 
are made of zinc, not copper? I think we've actually discussed this, and I think we discussed that not just the pennies, but I've also noticed the quarters and the nickels seem lighter than they used to. Yeah, there's that uh, that too. But so they they copper plate, and the zinc underneath. Yeah, I presume that's cheaper. Yeah. Well, copper actually, a copper penny. If you get, if you collected a bunch of pre nineteen eighty three copper pennies and you sold them as scrap, they'd be worth two cents each. So, <laughs> so why don't they just make them out of wood and cut straight to the chase? <laughs> just make nickels out of wood, and then we can uh, use that saying again. Like yeah, it. the wood nickel. I do have uh, some some excellent news for you. I don't know if you caught this or blogged it, but. Uh, of course, I continue to receive lots of thank you so much to our producers out there because particularly in these times where, yes, I am very busy at the moment. We've, you know, I've got a lot of catching up to do, working hard at the office. And of course, you're traveling tomorrow. So I had set aside time to do proper show prep and it, uh, it wasn't as easy as normal for me today. Uh, I'm getting lots of great stories. Two of the passengers on Air France's flight 447 happened to be two of the world's most prominent illegal arms trade and international drug trafficking foes. They, uh, they, they, I'm glad you brought the story up, and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's, it's already been suppressed. <laughs> Excuse me. It's already been suppressed. There was a, a discussion early in the day about these two guys, and, it was, and the way they presented it, because I never got the whole story, it wa- and I never followed up. Like, probably well, it's, uh, this is, uh, the, the link from the uh, Sunday Herald Times will be in the show notes at uh, noagenda.mevio.com. Anyway, the way they presented it on the national uh, media was uh, that, or they hinted, implied that there were like two terrorists that you know may have blown up the place. Uh, they didn't imp- even mention this. What you just said, which is actually makes it even more interesting. But, well, you know, I bet you on any flight coming from Brazil to France, there's probably- t- yeah, of course, there's all kinds of drug dealers and arms dealers. Uh, Pablo Dreyfus, 39 year old Argentinian. Uh, who was traveling with his wife. That's what most terrorists do, by the way. Um, let's see. Ronald Dreyer, Swiss diplomat. I'm on, this is a whole list of people. Hold on, let me go back to the original story. Go, 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 give us some of these names. Yeah, hold on a second. Swiss diplomat. 39-year-old Argentinian Pablo Dreyfus said to be a major player in an effort by Brazilian authorities to stop flow of arms to drug gangs in Rio. Ooh. Ooh. He was a consultant for a small arms survey, a Geneva-based think tank. Another consultant. So these guys are consultants. I love that. Uh, Ronald Dreyer, Swiss diplomat and coordinator of the Geneva. By the way, most arms dealers, you know, are like legit guys. You know, they they can travel internationally. They have huge yachts like Khashoggi. You've probably heard of him. Yeah. Uh, So these guys were consultants. And uh, they were reportedly traveling to Switzerland to, quote, present the latest edition of the Small Arms Survey Handbook. Hmm. This story is weird. And it just keeps getting weirder, I think. You know, now they found the tail, which means, you know, if you found the tail, they're pretty close. And the pinger (laughs) still should be on. So they should probably have. The pinger should be on for another week. Yeah, they've got black box data by now. I'm, you know. I'm pretty sure. Uh, spokesman for Pilots Union says all Air France jets taking off now have been equipped with two new generation speed sensors. This is the bullshit, which I'm just going to call bullshit right now, that the plane disintegrated because they hadn't turned on the pitot heat. And let me explain that. 
Uh, there's two way, there's, there's a, this, the way you measure airspeed is by, uh, a pitot, which is, if you've ever seen one of those tubes that kind of looks like a little arrow point sticking yeah, straight they call out. Yeah, a pitot tube, yeah. Pitot tube. And then you have the static port, which is a pinhole size, um, hole on the side of the aircraft. And on these larger aircraft, they have uh, several for backup systems. And, um, when you're flying at high altitude, the pitot tube can freeze, uh, because it's made of metal. And it can then start to misindicate. But, you know, I'm sorry. This bullshit. It's just BS. You know, oh, we forgot to switch on the pedo tube in our, <laughs> in our, in our huge airliner. No. And then the plane disintegrated. No. 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 That's just not, that's just, I'm just not going to accept that. And they have all these bogus reports of, you know, whoa, 24 warnings. It's just, it stinks. How come no one just says it? Thing was blown out of the sky, or there was some huge maintenance issue. But even that, you know, wh- where were the radio transmissions? Yeah, well, if they get the black box up and running, then they'll have and, the but, yeah, but, but you can't trust these guys with the black box. Yeah, in fact, it reminds me. What was the story recently where, they, where somebody said that there was a, the Swiss or somebody got a hold of the black box and then they phonied up the data? What was that story? Well, I can't remember. In, we did in 9-11, they phonied up the data. If you go to 911pilotsfortruth.org, you'll see how they phonied up the data of the Pentagon uh, plane, big quotation marks, where it actually overflew the Pentagon by 530 feet because they forgot to adjust for the te- for the pressure altitude setting of that day when they massaged the data. I mean, you can't trust. How can you trust the government or a government organization like the FAA to actually give you the pure data that came out of the black box? How, you, you, I mean, how can you? I don't. But at the same time, who else can we trust? So what's the name of that website with the with the pilots for truth? Is it another bunch Not, of truthers, but they're pilots? Well, that, that's actually how I got involved in it, 911pilotsfortruth.org. And the reason why I got interested is because the FA, the um, the NIST, not the, also the NIST report, but the, uh, the 9-11 Commission report still maintains that the aircraft that flew into the Twin Towers were traveling at 400 miles an hour at, you know, 700 feet. And that is not possible. You can call Boeing right now and say, can your aircraft fly at 400 miles an hour at 700 feet? And they will laugh and hang up on you because the engines won't even, they will flame out at that speed, let alone that the entire airframe will disintegrate. Yes, you can fly at that speed at 40,000 feet when there's much less resistance, but you cannot fly that fast. And they maintain that. It's in the report. So it's, it's a physical impossibility. And then I said, okay. Yeah, but see, here's the, here's the problem that a, a normal person would have with this uh, kind of thinking. Let's say that they weren't flying at 400 miles an hour. They were flying at 250, mm-hmm. which is doable at that speed, at that height. Yep. Uh, so Maybe. what? What difference does it make? Well, they, there's got to be that because at, at zero altitude, you can get to 160 with most of these big planes. Okay. Uh, then add on top of that that the flight data... Uh, first of all, the flight, the the aircraft that flew into the Pentagon. Um, the Pentagon situation is a little weirder because they they won't release the videos that were taken across. Yeah, and, the and I love it's all really this. Really annoying. And I, Why and don't I love, they just release the video? And I love all the cell phone uh, recordings. You know, please, please, on your next flight. You know, and you know what? You can you can tell them I said so, and they can come and arrest me. Please try and make a cell phone call from your flight, and tell me that you can call home, and just record that because you can't. You can't. It is not possible. 
You can't do that above a thousand feet almost. You cannot keep a connection. You cannot make a phone call. It has been proven with records that there was no air phones on board, so there was no onboard calling facilities, yet all these people are calling. I mean, I'm sorry. There's too much information there. Just uh, And we have Rumsfeld actually saying, well, the plane that was shot down over Pennsylvania. Remember we played that clip? Uh, yeah, I know. That's yeah. still kind of annoying. Yeah. So... All right. Well, let's get back to our regular topics. All right. Well, give me. <laughs> wasn't that one of our regular topics? Unfortunately, it was. <laughs> give me this some. That's the only uh, thing keeping us alive, by the way. Let's talk about flying saucers. <laughs> give me some real news. All right. Here goes real news. So I'm watching. Uh, you want to play the jingle? I just played the jingle. You didn't well, hear it? I didn't that? hear it. No. Oh, well, well shut up and listen. And now, back to real news. You can hear that, can't you? Yeah, I can now. Okay, all right. Okay, so, uh, so last night, I, and people who watch television, I mean, I was stunned. Those of you who I, have no life. Well, everybody watches television, whether they have a life or not. Or not. I mean, everybody. You, you watch I'm, television. No, I have not watched television as, since I've gotten to San Francisco. I can't you stand it. You have a television to yeah, watch? Yeah, I, I can't stand it. I tried. Let me tell you, before you get into this real news story, I turned on the television last Saturday, and I see Miami, and I see Sodom and Gomorrah in South Beach, Miami. And there's, there's you know, five feet of water, and, you know, it's horrible, and lightning, and fire, electrical fires. And I'm like, oh, my God, Ron and Marta just flew to Miami. I'm like, I'm freaking out. You're like, oh, man, I hope these guys are okay. I mean, I don't know what's going on. It looks like, you know, and there's reporters, and, oh, it's horrible. And, you know, I finally get a hold of him, and like, oh, the sun's shining. Yeah, it was kind of messed up. It took us three hours to drive from the airport. But, you know, the, the reality was so much in contrast with what was actually happening. And I said, that's it. I just can't watch this crap anymore. And then all they're doing is they're, all, they're talking about themselves, and they're talking about Bill O'Reilly and about what's the, the, the doodah dude from Keith Olbermann. They're all talking about themselves all day long. It's tiring and sickening. So well, how do you really feel about it? Give me the real news. All right, here we go. I got a couple of real news. Not you mentioned Bill O'Reilly. I got another one. But in fact, I got a, yeah, I don't know if I gave you the Bill O'Reilly clip. No, you but did anyway, not. You did not. So, um, so, so I'm watching Jim flipping around looking for something reasonable to watch because, uh, you know, I missed the, the basketball game. <laughs> and um, there, Dateline NBC, an entire hour, which could have just as easily been an infomercial, an entire hour dedicated to this new talent, Taylor Swift. Who's that? Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I, I asked the question. Taylor Swift. Who Perfect. is Taylor Swift? Who the heck is Taylor Swift? Taylor Swift is a, a blonde singer that, and by the way, our one listener at Mevio, uh, Andrew Grummet. <laughs> hey, well Andrew. Hey, buddy. We'll see you at the office tomorrow. <laughs> our one listener at Mevio's comes up to me a, a couple of weeks ago and he mentioned something. He says, you know, apparently his wife and daughter are big fans of Taylor Wait a minute. Haven't we already done this story about Taylor Swift? No, we yes, we to, have. We, no, it was exactly the same thing. It was just on Dateline last night. I'm calling it. I'm calling this a repeat. 
How can it be a repeat? Is, this was on last night. Yeah, but we I, know, but we already talked about Taylor Swift not knowing who the heck she was. We played the song and we uh, said the exact uh, same thing me, about Andrew Grummet being the fan of Taylor Swift. I'm just I'm bringing people back up to speed. I have to give them uh, some background. Okay. You just said you don't know who she is. Well, apparently you do. Why? Well, yeah. You have a short memory. So let me get back to the story. So they give her... Hello? No, have... Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Hold on a second. Oh, Hello, God. Kettle. This is the pot calling. Oh, that's for sh- short-term memory loss. Okay. Okay. So anyway, so I, I bitched. Yes, I have bitched about this woman before. I said she's over-promoted. And I, but this gave me a little more background because there was an entire hour devoted to her on network TV and prime time, she all she's ever done that she's accomplished is she won album of the year for some country, I think country and western. Country, yeah. And it was like there's not a song on there that you that's memorable or good. I don't think she sings very well. I hate to be a, a, a downer, but I am the buzzkill. So they're, they're they're interviewing her, and they got some the whoever the host this is, the woman I see her once in a while. She's giggly. She's gushing. They're showing Taylor behind the scenes and what a genius she is. She's a genius. She's basically Mozart. She's, she's better. Than, she's better than Stevie Wonder. She's unbelievable. And she's a woman. Oh, whoa, whoa. And so I want you to play one short clip from the show. And what I'm going to I'm going to set it up. They they talked to one of the people working for her. Apparently she does she does a she's on a tour and that's what they were documenting this tour. And they and I by the way. This is what I think anybody out there who's in you know in show business as a singer or in a band or does anything in the road, and I think that people like Cheryl Crow or or Leanne Rhymes, people who can actually sing, they must be steaming. Oh yeah, oh it's this. yeah, they throw up in their mouth. Absolutely steaming. Yeah, this woman is oh she does designs the sets, she does the staging, and depending you know, all their awesome. And she's all the people that work for her go, oh, she's amazing for 19. She's a genius. So here's my Mozart <laughs> clip showing what a genius she is. Play it. Frustrated, but Taylor's strive for perfection only makes the people who work with this young star respect her that much more. Let's go. Oh, sound check. Yeah, there's been times where I've played a solo, and then she'll say, well, can you kind of do this? And she'll sing me a melody. I'll incorporate that. And... <laughs> And uh, that's very impressive for your <laughs> age. Uh, Prince. Listen. The, the problem that I was having with the solo is that it, like, it's getting a little noodly. <laughs> like, um, I'd rather it be like. Less notes. Less <laughs> notes. <laughs> Less notes. It's too noodly. That's real musician speak, by the way. I hear you know a Jeff, the Jeff Smith, who is actually a performing, working his ass off musician, who was in the office today at Mevio. You can see him on uh, Mevio Underground. He must be puking in his mouth hearing this. I mean, that is it's yeah, less noodly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's a genius. My God, for someone who's 19 to actually be able to tell me to adjust a note. I mean, wow. I'm just flipping out. Oh, yeah. So, the, so what's, there must be a commercial tie-in, obviously. There's a lot of money invested in this girl. What label is she on? Hold on. 
I'm afraid to. Uh, this is my problem, John. Well, here's the deal. She was picked up by first. She was picked up by RCA, and they, they, they told the story. And then RCA dumped her. Mm-hmm. And then some guy who used to be with Universal Records decided to start his own label, kind of a you know a virtual David Geffen, because uh, he, he saw the promotional abilities. Because he, I think, is the promoter, and he right. picked her up. And it's a completely new label. But the guy, the guy behind her, has got to be this guy, and he's really good. Well, there's got to be a tie-in to get a full hour on Dateline. I mean, a that's, full hour. That's, so she can Which is why I want not much noodling, too many notes. <sighs> it was unbelievable. Yeah. Well, that's, uh, that's what your news time on television is spent on, ladies and oh. gentlemen. Hey, this is uh, very, very exciting. Uh, I've been talking about... Uh, Congressman Ron Paul's bill to audit the Federal Reserve. Currently, 209 co-sponsors, only nine more needed, and this thing goes to the Senate. That's where it, that's where it dies. <laughs> I was waiting for you. Almost on cue. I'm uh, sorry. But, uh, well, that, that's good. I mean, how many Democrats... Uh, how many Democrats... Uh, I don't, I guess I should look at the split, but, uh, that's a, that's a pretty good, you know, 209. It's getting there. You know, there is some hope. And yeah, it, maybe it dies in the Senate, but still it's, you know, we can try it again and we can try it again. We really need to do this. We need to audit this stuff. We need to. It's never going to happen. Let's well, just give. Oh, by the way, can I, let me back up to the Taylor Swift thing because I have one note that needs to be. Don't my, noodle it. As long as you don't noodle the notes. Here, here's the. So I, they were interviewing her. They got these close-ups, and I keep looking at the woman because I know that what they're trying to do is find a replacement for Britney Spears. And so I'm mm-hmm. looking at her, and I'm saying, you know, this girl, you know, I mean, she's kind of pleasant looking. She's kind of a puffy-faced, you know, cutie pie is the Ex, only way. Uh, Mouseketeer kind of girl. Yeah. yeah, and I'm looking at her. I said, she, she looks familiar. She just looks familiar. And I hate to be mean-spirited when I give my analysis here, but I keep looking at her, and, I, and I've noticed her lips. she got a really small mouth. So? And I look and look and look, and I say, oh, old Trump. <laughs> and I then I look, <laughs> wait, it gets Trump. worse. And I, I first thing I think is she looks like Donald Trump, and then <laughs> I look at her nose, and then I look at her <clears> eyes. <throat> she looks like Donald Trump in drag if he was 19. You know, I swear to God. Your lips ain't exactly Angelina Jolie, John. I don't look like Donald Trump, and I don't form my mouth a certain way that Donald Trump does. She talks like him, too. <laughs> Maybe that's the tie-in. I don't know. Maybe, Maybe she's, she's related. related. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. <laughs> yeah, you never know. Anyway, that's my. That's the last story I'm ever doing about this girl. I'm. You know, she's probably made more money than two of us combined. Oh, I doubt. Oh no, I doubt it. I doubt it. Oh, you I think, think she's just being taken for a ride like everybody else in the business? Of course, of yeah. course. No, there's there's no money in the business right now. You, you know, you really have to have three hit albums before even the record company. Because you know, God, there's so much money that goes into promoting these artists these days. Yeah, but there is, you mentioned Britney Spears, there is a Britney Spears documentary, I forget the name of it, it was playing on the Virgin flight. It's actually worth viewing. Um, because when you kind of strip away all the bullshit that you that you normally see, um, at the at the very core, there is a young girl who just really wants to dance, and she—that's all she. You know, she was really a mouseketeer. Uh, she came up with Justin Timberlake, 
um, and uh, Jessica Simpson. And, you know, there's, if you have a chance, take a look at this because it will change your perception about Britney Spears in some I, degree. I really don't have a negative attitude toward her, mainly because I, I had a friend of mine who was in the uh, computer business for a long time, became one of her aide de camps for a few years. Oh, one of her bootlicking lackeys. And he told me a couple of things that were like really kind of sad. And it was like, and he said that she's just a nice, you know, she's a pretty nice person. She might be, uh, you know, a little bisexual on occasion, but she's. Uh, well, that's she, not a bad thing. No, nah, it doesn't bother me. No. Talking about that, we might as well bring in another clip. Okay. If you want. Yeah, uh, sure. Sure. I play, love clips. Play the uh, clip. Uh, this was from. Uh, uh, you know, over the years, Letterman and Leno have you know they 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 pretend to be friends, but but now they that hate Leno's, each other. Well, apparently, I think and they do. It, you got to play the clip that the, Howard Stern came on the Letterman show, and this is what he did. I this mean, is the pressure here. This is big pressure. We got to beat this Conan. I mean, for God's sakes, how are you feeling that Jay left late night television? And now we got a new guy we got to compete with. And I want to say something to this audience about loyalty. Dave put me on national television many, many years. You know, Stern, oh, it's the same rap every single time. It's a little tiring. And yeah, it's not that I don't want you to listen to Stern. Okay. I want you to listen to Letterman. I'm sorry. Okay. To go before I was known. And I have stuck with Dave. I didn't like Jay. I never liked Jay. I can't stand <laughs> Jay. Let me say something. <laughs> now we can talk. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. I never seen anybody who behaves like a robot like this guy. I watched this final uh, show. He says goodbye to the mm -hmm. Tonight Show. He's reading it off a teleprompter for crying out loud. Where's the emotion and where's the humanity? Here's the host that we want to watch. <laughs> Thank you, Howard. I never, I really I never got along with that. Him. I went on this guy's show one time and uh, who, now I, who are we talking about now? Jay Leno. I bring out two lesbians, right? I'm Howard Stern, I bring out two lesbians. He's shocked. He walked off his own show. Really? I knew it wouldn't last. <laughs> but it was Letterman thanking him profusely for the, these negative comments. Yeah. Well, but this is also kind of the, the rap they always do when uh, when Stern is on. He's always bashing. Uh, yeah, no, bashing that's true. Leno. But but it never has let, let Letterman has always been a little reticent when he did it. I mean, he Pulling let him back do a little it, bit. But he wasn't, well, it, he wasn't profusely thanking him. I wonder. I you know, I wonder maybe Letterman is probably thinking shit. You know, I wouldn't mind having the ten ten p.m. slot. No, that 10 p.m. slot's a disaster. Yeah, I know. I know what you're thinking about it. We'll see. You know, I'm I'm open minded. I'm open minded. They're gonna do a whole. They're gonna do a lot of months before they pull it off the air. They're not gonna yank it. There's well, that's way too because much I think you, you or somebody else pointed I did. out. I did. It's a hail mary. It's the final thing they can and do. And they don't have a backup plan. Nothing. Nothing whatsoever. But it isn't just on Stern for a moment. Boy, has that guy gone into complete irrelevance? In in just a short amount of time, I mean, it used to be he was, you know, people would talk about him, you know, and and now it's and I still love the stuff he does, and you know, I don't have a chance really to listen anymore. I I don't even think I I can barely get internet in this place, let alone that I could receive a serious satellite radio and have to string up an antenna. It's so the reception is so poor. But you know, just as an aside, there's one thing interesting about him that I only noticed at this time watching him because I've been working with you for such a long time. He reminds me of you in this way. You guys both have an extremely uh, radio-centric, natural voice. Yeah. 
that well, is just actually a st- you know even Leo Laporte has commented on, on your voice. Oh really? It's, oh that's nice. Yeah, that's very in, nice. in a positive way. But it's like you know, I'll take that as a compliment. And the fact of the matter is, and I will tell everybody out there that you know Adam is using like I'm using an AKG 3000B it's a really high end mic I'm running through a compressor I have like you know the, I'm making myself sound as good as I can Adam is using a lavalier wireless from a, from a paper t- paper box. paper towel holder <laughs> No because I like the sound of this mic now I have to say what mic is it It's a um hold on it's a Lectro, I love that. This is a brand for you. A Lectro UHF UM110. And I've had this thing for six or seven years. I do like the dynamics of it, but uh, it's just really handy because it's, you know, it's small and you can't Oh, yeah, go, no, that'd be great to travel with. with. It. Is it, it's, it's a condenser, though, isn't it? Yes, it is. Okay. And, um, but if you go to curry.com, my and I rarely ever plug the website because I rarely ever post anything except except for this show. Um, you'll see a picture of me when I was about 15 years old. I was, and actually, you can see uh, my my uh, CB radio set up. I would literally sit. I had one of those beds that was built up. Uh, my dad built the bed for me. You know, probably too cheap to buy me a real bed, and the room was so small. Like, hey, cool! You can have like a little desk underneath where you can do your schoolwork. Yeah, right. I'm saying ham radio shack. That's what I'm building there. And you'll see me with like my my dark sunglasses on, looking all cool. But I would sit under there for hours, for hours practicing my voice, for hours at a time, recording, playing back, talking up intros. I did that incessantly. I just kept on doing it and doing it and doing it because I had auditioned for, um, there was a hospital radio station. And at this point I was doing, I had built my own little pirate radio transmitter. My mom drove me around the block, see how far the signal would reach. And I found out that some kids in the neighborhood, of course, I was the dork. Um, they were listening to it. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Cool. You know, maybe I'll, and I built my own little mixer and I was mixing records and, and I was talking stuff up. And there was a hospital radio station, which is a very captive audience, of course. And, you know, they can't really run away from your signal. And they had two openings, one as an engineer and one as a host. And I auditioned for both. You had to be 16, but my parents let me lie and say that I was uh, 15. I uh, said I was 16, even though I was 15. And they, um, they rejected me as a presenter, I think they called it, and it, it really hurt. You know, they accepted me as an engineer, so I had, I had all this time in the professional studio, and I practiced there after hours, after school, so I really, really worked it. What's interesting is when I speak in Dutch, I'm almost an octave higher. I cannot project the same... Uh, voice in uh, in the Dutch language. Well, that's a long way to get to that punchline, but that's actually kind of interesting. Yeah. Well, I like talking about myself. Yeah. Well, that's okay too. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. So. Um, well, that's nice yeah, that well, Leo, you're like that's, a regular uh, Kobe Bryant. I mean, you know, you have Kobe to practice Bryant. a lot to get any good, and you're like you have a really great. I mean, your sound is. Tr- it's fantastic. I mean, I'm basically a stammering, you know, amateur by comparison. Um, it's, if it wasn't for the fact that I have superior content, I'd be nowhere in this thing game. <laughs> when I was uh, when I was 16, I would drive my moped 
uh, to the big pirate station in Amsterdam, Radio Decibel, and no one knew who I was. I actually got away with uh, a persona called John Holden. I was black, 24, and rode a Harley Davidson, and I would make dates with listeners. I would say, hey, baby, uh, why don't you meet up with me behind the American Hotel tonight after the show? And for people who have ever been to, Am- uh, to Amsterdam, there is no behind the American Hotel. You can't get behind the American Hotel. But they bought it. They thought I was actually 24, this big black guy who rode a Harley. <laughs> And uh, but and eventually, when kids at school caught on in high school, I became cool, and that's why I've always been on radio. Because you know, you're a geek, you're a loser, you wear the wrong clothes, your hair is all wrong, you look stupid, you have Tourette's. Hey, radio is the place for you, boy. Well, anyway, you got to. That's what Stern Stern reminds me. He's got a similar, uh, obviously, a perfected style. And it's not the radio voice. You know, the guys who really got that one. You know, that announcer's voice that no. they like to uh, uh, develop. Uh, it's more of a. Na- it's a natural sounding. But if, if you really listen to it, uh, yours I would include. It's not natural. It's a practiced voice that, that that is a natural sounding. It's almost like the, you know. It reminds me of women. There's all there's women out there that are gorgeous. And they and they they their real perfection is that they can use makeup and it makes and they look like they don't have any yeah. makeup on. Yeah. Oh, I love them. You know, they're awesome. Anyway. They're awesome. We should find us some of them. So talking about letter, <laughs> so talking about Letterman, he got his tit in the ringer uh-huh. for making a Sarah Palin joke. Oh, I didn't had not heard. Yeah, it's a big deal. All the right wing talk shows are all over this one. O'Reilly just had a big special. There they go. Media talking about media. There is, you know, there's wars going on. There's shit going on in our own country, and we're just talking about media. And here we are. We're talking about media. Talking about media. How stupid are we? I, you're right. In fact, I'm going to drop the story. Okay. So, uh, uh, but it's it, it's ridiculous. The guy makes a lightweight. It's just a light joke, and you know everyone's been. And and Sarah called him a pedophile. <laughs> he said that. She did. She said he was because he made a joke about her daughter. Oh, God. She has no concept. She's an idiot. I've given up on her. Uh, and that, well, I can't take it anymore. I can't stand that voice. It's just screechy. She mispronounces words. I mean, it's it's just, and, you know, she, I just can't handle it. I mean, I, I would vote for the Republican ticket. And they now, of course, they're criticized. Monica Crowley comes on, and she criticizes Letterman for being a functionary of the Democrats. Letterman's a Republican. Yeah. He's always been a always Republican. Been. Yeah. Yeah, he voted for Obama for, you know, because he didn't. <laughs> to get him on the show. <laughs> Which we do too, by the way. Yes, we're <laughs> in big a Obama fans. Let's go up to yeah. a Canada for a second. Um, interesting little scandal going on there with uh, Natural Resources Minister Lisa Rate. I believe spelled the same way as Bonnie Rate. Maybe related, related. Uh, caught on tape, you know. And this is how this is how your politicians basically talk behind the scenes. And of course, I don't have the tape, but I was sent the uh, article. Uh, with parts of the transcript, um, she uh, on this on this recording, she's caught calling the medical isotopes crisis, which I'm not familiar with, a quote sexy problem, and wanted credit for fixing it. So basically, you know, cancer, saying, "Hey, this is a really sexy problem. This is really going to further my political career. You know, I want some credit for fixing this problem." Are you familiar with the isotopes problem? John? I never you know? heard of this isotopes problem. Let me see. Uh, uh, a publication ban covering... Oh, okay, that's what we didn't hear. Um, let me see if I can pick up this story. 
where this is. Uh, Nova Kosha Supreme Court Justice Gerald Moore rejected an injunction application by rights former front, storm front, bullshit, bullshit. Uh, publication ban covering the article before the jam. After the judge's ruling, rates comments were immediately published in a story on the Chronicle Herald's website. In the recording, McDonald's said the isotope issue is, a, is confusing to a lot of people, but it's sexy, Mrs. Raid said. Radioactive leaks, cancer. Oh, okay. So I guess there's some kind of isotope uh, leak somewhere that is possibly causing cancer. And she says, oh, it's a sexy story because radioactive leaks cause cancer, and that's good for my political career. How sick are these people? <laughs> That's pretty bad. She, you know, she should be in Chicago. She fit. She would fit right in there. Yeah, no kidding. Jeez. So here's one. I get an off the wall um, uh, thing. What, what are my other lists? What's on? Do you have the? Uh, there's one on there that I think yeah, I is one. Hold on. What, what on my have? list of clips? I've got uh, Gordon. Gordon Brown. I I know oh, what this is. I know Brown what clip. this is. I heard him do I, this. I have to say, I was watching the the D Day commemoratives. Uh, so, which, of course, the 65th anniversary of D-Day is like, you know, 50? Yeah, okay. 75? No, you know they yeah. Uh, no, they made a decision. There was two things. One, it was politically great for Obama. A, yes. But the, the reason they said, look, these guys are going to be dead if we can wait any longer. You can't wait until 75. They'll be, <laughs> half of them no, will be body count. There. <laughs> yeah, because they're not, you know, that I, I will say my paternal grandfather, uh, Albert Schobel, who actually was born in Schwarzwald in Germany, he landed on Omaha Beach and he fought his way all the way to Arnhem, to the, the A Bridge Too Far, if you've seen the movie. Yeah, wow. Yeah, and uh, the, he lived to be 90-something. He died in his chair peacefully, in his favorite chair. Uh, he was a true American patriot. And, um, and yeah, he, he, of course, these guys never really would talk about that. Uh, no, apparently it was probably not the greatest experience of their lives. Oh, so no. 2,500 so, uh, uh, troops died landing on so, Omaha Beach. So apparently uh, Omaha Beach has been renamed by Gordon Brown. Play it. <laughs> and so next to Obama Beach, <laughs> we join President Obama in paying particular tribute to the spectacular bravery of American soldiers who gave their lives on, a, on Omaha Beach. <laughs> Let's hear that again in case you missed it. It's Omaha Beach and, of course, Gordon The way he does it at the end, though, he realizes he, he, halfway yeah. through. That he's he such a wrong. dick. Yeah. yeah. So next to Obama Beach, <laughs> these are the people leading the free world. Oh, we, should, we should get a clip of that. <laughs> that Just is get that little clip. outrageous. Obama Beach. Obama, and let's listen to the end when he when he muffs we it up again. President Obama in paying particular tribute to the spectacular bravery of American soldiers who gave their lives on a on Omaha Beach. Obama wasn't even born then. And now we're paying tribute to to Obama by renaming Omaha Beach Obama Beach. <laughs> Obama Beach. Gordon Gordon Brown, screw you. That's so just a, hor- the, what a what a horrible misuse of a great tragedy. You know, he's a jerk. So yeah, I think he's out, isn't he? I think he's going to be. No, he's on the outs. No, he's not. Not yet. Did you see all those guys though? They were all there. They all had their choppers, and they're all. <laughs> it was like a new invasion. It was just. It was. Oh, it really, really pained me. And you see these guys, you know, tears in their eyes and all these, f- I just have, I'm sorry, please, I, this, I try to keep it family friendly, but these fuckwads are just using it for their own political advantage. It really was disturbing, particularly from the type of family that I come from. And I'm very anti-government, big government, anti-war, anti-all of that. But you cannot deny the patriotism of people who serve their country. You just cannot. That's what America, unfortunately or fortunately, is a big part of it. My whole family has been in service. 
and then to have these these guys this this Napoleon craphead you know walking around like he like he is Napoleon strutting his stuff you know oh it really made me angry you're talking about Sarkozy yeah yeah, he had his own chopper there, and everything. Obama had three choppers, and Gordon Brown had his chopper. It was like a, it was like a fly-in. It was like it was it was like uh, Oshkosh. Oh, Swear God. to God. <sighs> okay, end of rant. I got one more. All clip. right, so that's so let's go. We got another clip. Uh, what's the one? Uh, Charlie. We, Charlie. Now, okay, this is this, Charlie uh, Rose, who is. Uh, I don't know. He's like a, who I think is, is 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 diminishing in his importance, and I no, really don't like. Been, his, he's been a psycho fan since the day. Early I don't day. like him. I, mean, I, mean, I like him as a guy, maybe, but he's no big deal. He's not a great interviewer. No, he's think. just got to. He, but he's in the right place at the right time. He's set himself up well. I, I've never liked him because I always thought years ago he would always just be asking people what it was like to be rich. I mean, yeah. he. I, I and I remember they, he was in on a, a remote shot one time, and he goes into this guy's house and he sees this painting. It was a Picasso or something. And he asks him how much how much you think that what is that worth today? You know, he's like worse than you know the people yeah, that ask he's, you. He's whatever. a suck up. He's a total suck up. So he has Elizabeth Edwards on, who during her period where she's going for you know she's got a book out, so she's pounding the pavement and also slamming her husband. Yeah, because he of, was having an affair while she was going through cancer treatment. Yeah, she yeah. was slamming him, and been a very, but it was a very. She was doing it gently. It was really like driving the knife home. But this one little segment of this particular interview says to me something interesting. And when you just let, just play it straight, and then at the very end, let me make the comment that I observed immediately. Okay. Instead of having the chance to appreciate their father um, as as I had for so long. Why is sexual affair so big deal? It's about sex. Right. He didn't love another person right he loved everybody knows that he right. knows that and you know i that. know and, and, and so why is this a big deal well i mean okay why what is it what, what i'm listening to this going oh not, charlie's it sounds like affair. charlie's having an affair exactly sex. it's like it's just sex it's not love baby it's just sex <laughs> i you know I, I i just needed some some sex it wasn't really anything else i mean you can't not hear that you had the same reaction of course I did. Of course. Yeah, this guy's obviously rationalizing the whole thing for some future use. <laughs> or current use. You never or know. Current use. Yeah. But, I, but I will say that um, people condemn very, very quickly. And um, it's, not, it's very easy to say, oh, what a shit. You know, he, did, oh, yeah. well, he had an affair while she was going through cancer treatment. That's just not, you know, you cannot know what the relationship you don't know the is details. like. You do not know. And, and, but it's, you know, but people speculate whether you like it or not. Is that the last clip I have? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, let's, so let's play this Taylor Swift again. Please, let's not. Let's not. Uh, I hope you have something else because, as I said, I. You know, I, I, I got to talk about some. We, we haven't uh, thanked our, uh, our supporters. Oh, yes. Our producers. producers. Can, you, can you turn part. down your speakers just a bit? Have a drink. Uh, Exactly. Right Someone actually sent me a jingle for that, but I can't oh. download anything while doing the show, so I'm severely handicapped oh, here. Uh, the oh, Christ. See, I'm, I'm trying to do it, and already the connection's breaking up, so I've got to stop it. Yeah, okay. don't do it. Stop. All right, stop. So, uh, the, by the way, the, the, the crazy numbers people have been sending us is luckily... Uh, past, it looks like. We have uh, oh, three new numbers, 1908, 836. Wait, 1908 first. 1908, 1908... Well, there was a depression in 1908, mm. but actually it was a. But is it is it is it 1908 dollars? No, it, I wish. Okay. <laughs> All right. Well, then Eight, let's not talk about it. Eight thirty-six and ten fifty-four. You know. 
10 you know what no one has done is the 1040, like the tax return. Isn't that interesting? 10, hmm. Oh, by the way, you'll like this. Remember I had, uh, remember the IRS agent showed up at the office with their hand on their guns because uh, I, all of a sudden I started getting payroll in America after 10 years and some f- I hadn't filed something and then they're like, okay, you owe us eight gazillion dollars and I had to fight it for a year. Yeah, can you want to honk the horn now? No, because I have a new slant on the story. Well, I still get the horn honked at me. <sighs> no, it's... Uh, All right, continue, continue. I'm just pointing this out. Okay, good so, enough. Um, so I'm going to rent an apartment here in San Francisco. Because for one reason only, I need some proper bandwidth. And the ashtrays in this one. That's are full. how dedicated we That's are, ladies right. and gentlemen. That's right. So, um, so the agent who uh, James, who I actually used before, you know, we, I had the uh, the Curry condo, and uh, we got rid of that because I wasn't out here enough. And of course, the minute I got rid of it, it's like, oh, by the way, maybe I should be out here more. And um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> typical. Uh, what actually is pretty good because you know prices are very very cheap right now. You can pick up something really nice, and I think got a really nice loft, which will work fine. And um, so he goes, hey, Adam. And we worked with this guy before. He's like, you know, I just got to do a, do you mind if we just do a credit check? No, I said, I haven't been here for 10 years. You know, that shouldn't be a problem. So two things show up. One thing is like $147 for AT&T from 1999. By the way, AT&T tracks your ass better than the government. Uh, You know, so apparently when we moved from New Jersey, you know, I guess the phone line didn't get shut off or whatever. So, okay, that's not a big deal. And then there's like $143,000 tax lien. (laughs) Like, what? Which, you know, had been removed, but not from all of the credit reports. So my credit is completely hosed. Wow. Yeah. And I'm like, uh, okay. And so now it's like, now I have to go and figure out, you know, I immediately, because it took me a year and I had, it spent like 20 grand on lawyers to prove that, you know, I didn't owe anything. Uh, so, but this is what always happens, by the way. And, uh, and so now I got to get this thing removed. And that's not quite as easy as you think it is, unless you get one of these hose bag agents who then go take care of it for you. God, it's just, and, you know, it's like a percentage. Oh, it's just, it makes, it drives me nuts. Yeah, just a little personal, think. personal. But you did thing get here. you did get the the place though. Yeah, but I had to pay like eight months in advance. Oh, <laughs> well, you're not you're a big risk, my friend. Yeah, you know, we don't. You said tr- you've been working with this guy for a long time. Yeah, but it's not him; it's he? the owner. It's the owner. You know, the owner's like, you know, well, I don't trust this guy. You know, so you, you pay your two months uh, deposit plus six months in advance. <laughs> I was like, okay, damn. Well, that stinks. Yeah, that yeah, really does. All <sighs> right, so let's go over some of our guys who have yes. uh, okay. went, they've gone to the... the this is why we need some money. I need to get my credit repaired. Okay, I need a mic stand. How about that? Is that better? Hello? John? And we still... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Back up. Something went really wrong with Skype. Okay. Start it again. No agenda. I'm sorry. The noagendalibrary.com is one of the sites you can go to to help us or divorc.org slash NA. And I will have a new HTML page up uh, that eventually. I'm just, I don't know why I haven't. Yeah, just like our website. I got to work on that too. Okay. Robert Montgomery. Well, you know, we're doing the show. Are you downloading something? 
No. I just turned something off. But let me check. Let me see. Oh, nope. it's horrible. All of a sudden, you went Mickey Mouse on me and all crap. Huh. Maybe it's the guys upstairs downloading porn again. Well, it could happen. Can you, you're not getting me, so I won't be able to get these names. Yeah, out. I can hear you, but it sounds muffled and crappy. But go ahead. I'll, I'll be quiet. It sounds pretty crappy, too. Yeah. Robert Montgomery, 50 bucks. Uh, John Stewart. Uh, these are all $50 do donors. John Stewart, Christopher Charles. Uh, Scuba Vision Productions. So I don't know what that's all about. Well, it's a, it's then, a, that's a commercial. I guess, you know, it's not a bad idea. Uh, Frank Van Son gave us 51. Ooh. Well, that's one more than 50. Uh, Andrew Valencia is up to 100. He's a, a, a good guy. And Kelly Rogstad, another $100 donor. Thank and then you. we got Timothy Tillman gave us a nice fat $250. Lovely. Thank you. Oh, great. Yes. Thank you very much. Man. That's very nice. Appreciate it. Timothy Tillman will do a jingle around people who give us a lot of money. Anyway, so that got us through the week. Um, that's actually you week. just said something very interesting. You know, this, of course, has been a, a kind of a, a marketing exercise to see if we can uh, actually fund a show, which we're not able to, um, based upon donations, uh, kind of like the PBS model, which people apparently give a lot of money to. Yeah, they do. But you know, we don't. We haven't milked it. Well, here's why. Here's what. Here's you just said something very interesting. Whenever you watch PBS, you always have companies. Uh, when they're doing a fund drive and like, well, all the employees of Best Buy got together and came up with $130,000. And of course, it's a huge commercial for Best Buy. Yeah. So that's uh, when you, what was it, Scuba Vision? What was the guy's name? Hey, S.H. Frankel, stop Skyping me, you shit. Scuba Vision Productions. Maybe that's what the problem is. People are Skyping you. No, because I'm declining. Well, it's jamming up the system, apparently. Hmm. So that's Scuba Vision Productions. Well, that's very smart. You just got yeah. four mentions for the price of 50 bucks. Or five. I can't, you lost track. <laughs> it's 10 bucks a mention. You can't beat that. No. That, what, what's the CPM on that, baby? <laughs> it's really, it's like a, a 15 cents. I had a, a interesting, uh, we had a, a meeting with, uh, with someone who was actually pitching us on investing in us today. And what was interesting about it, I knew this guy, I'm not going to mention his name, because before we uh, got our initial investment four years ago, we met with a, uh, a subdivision of, uh, I'll, I'll mention the name in a minute, uh, uh, an outfit called Constellation in New York, who were looking to do, uh, actually they, uh, they had investments from people like Will Smith and Bruce Willis, and so they basically take Hollywood money and then lose it, um, and they invest in media stuff. And these, they were kind of arrogant, you know, kind of yeah, a little cocky. Yeah. And it was a subdivision of Bear Stearns. Yeah, yeah Constellation is fairly well known for being that way. Right. So uh, they were part of Bear Stearns. And so seeing this guy again, who was now working for a different outfit, um, and I said, oh, so dude, you know, how, how's it going? He said, well, yeah. and he, he, he walked me through the story and he was like, you know, and it was really, really weird on Friday. But because you remember, this all came down on a Sunday, right? When all this stuff happened, there were rumors about maybe you know there would be a buyer, but no one believed it because how in God's name could anything happen over the weekend? And he says, I remembered laying in my bed Saturday night, looking up at the ceiling and thinking, "Oh, this is so horribly wrong. Maybe I should get out of bed right now and go to the office and get my stuff." 
And he thought to himself, no, you know what, I'll, I'll go tomorrow morning. And so he went in Sunday morning. He said there were all these gray-haired senior executives all walking through the hallways with their boxes. And so he got his box of shit. And, you know, he says, almost like your house is on fire. What do you take? And so he, he got all stuff left on Sunday. And this was, remember when the, you know, the rumored price was $1 and they sold it for $2. And then something very interesting happened. And this is the kind of the point I was going to make that, um, uh, even though it had sold for two or that was the price that was mentioned on Sunday, all of us, you know, and Bear Stearns, the way it worked was you could have all this tremendous, and you know, people had leveraged their stock and people were going broke like massively because they had margin calls. Uh, but at Bear Stearns, you could not sell your Bear Stearns stock until some ridiculous thing like five years after you worked there. They had some really weird lockup. And on that Monday, they said, oh, everyone can sell now. Go ahead. It's all free. Everyone's unlocked. Everyone started to sell at three bucks. And then remember what happened? The price went to 10, the, the purchase <laughs> price, because they included the building or some crap like yeah, that. Yeah. And, uh, and I said, you know, please confirm for me one thing. That was a personal vendetta from Goldman Sachs because, of course, Goldman Sachs runs the treasury. And he said, absolutely, absolutely, because it was the only bank that went bankrupt. Every other bank has been bailed out, and it was a complete targeted vendetta towards Bear Stearns. But what was the reason? Hatred. Well, the I mean, what, what, the what, Goldman guys are dicks and because Bear Stearns was outside of the system kind of. You know, they, they were their own independent. They didn't play nicely with everybody. They just kind of did their own thing. And they, you know, they had their own, their own, they didn't play with the, with the group. They didn't suck up to the treasury and the treasury being Goldman Sachs guys. And look at it. Look at who's in Timothy Geithner. You know, look at, uh, all these, who, who was the well, other guy? Everybody's seeing, you know, in business and everywhere else, you know, whatever you do, you can't get around this. Although there's a bunch of do, you know, a bunch of goody goodies out there that don't want to believe this simple fact. People hold grudges. Grudges. Absolutely. Big and, they, time. and they sit on the grudge for years. And when they have the chance, they will stick it in you. Yeah. Well, you know, I probably would do the same thing. You do it all the time to me. I don't, I don't do it to you ever. By the way, by the way, I'm I, just laying in wait. Yes, you are. Ah, I can strike. Finally, I can get that long-haired freak. You, um, it was a good cranky geeks today. I really enjoyed. Uh, I was in the studio with a good friend of mine from New York, Kevin, um, and uh, I thought it was really fun to watch. I thought the topics were good, and you know, I'm just going to give you a little bit of props. And maybe you were just on your game. Maybe you felt a little nervous because you know the boss was there and you had to perform better. Yeah, like a monkey. <laughs> yes, grind for me, monkey boy. Grind for me. But it was a good show. It was really, it was a really good. good. Show. The second show we did was too. We had a couple of good shows. I think, to be honest about it, I wasn't on my game. I was, in fact, I screwed up. The second show? No. Uh, here's the, deal. the first here, show I, I, was great. What are you talking about? The first show was good. The second show was good. But both shows, I was, I was, I, I was having trouble with the cards. And then in the second show, I made, I, I goes out of my way. This is a classic blunder. I go out of my way to wear the stupid sweater vest for the first show. <laughs> yeah. To take it off for the second show because we're running it next. And I don't want to look like I'm wearing the same clothes. So I left the sweater vest on. I never wear a sweater vest. So it just draws attention to the fact that I have the exact same outfit on for two weeks in a row. Yeah, gee. And, uh, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to give away the fact that it won't be live next week. 
Why isn't it live, by the way? Who gave you permission to pre-tape? We do it all the time. Every uh, time, if you're not going to be there Wednesday, and I'm going to be in New York City, uh, uh, we, we do two shows in a row. And how come so, I'm not on the show? You would have been on the show. Of course, you would have showed up late. <laughs> not if, if I was on you, the show. I showed up you, just in time. If you were... Uh, uh, if you if we if we knew that you were going to be around, you'll be on the show. You're going to be in town all the time. You'll be on the show way too much now. So don't even don't start complaining yet. I love it. I love when I'm on the show because all the fans of the show dislike me. That's not true. You're full of it. People like you. You're very personable. You're actually quite good on the show. Oh, thank you. Well, have me on the show then. We'll have you on the show. Can I play a jingle? No, no, still get no jingles. On you haven't heard that. this jingle yet. Oh, you mean I thought you meant on the show when you do the show? No, this uh, on this show. Oh, yeah. Time has come. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. That's, we've heard that. <laughs> that's not the one I need to play. <laughs> I, I need to honk the horn for myself. I'm sorry. Didn't mean to do that. That was a different one. All right. That was it? Well, as I said, you know, I have okay, all, well, now we, I have we, this we whole still list. Got five minutes left. We still got five minutes left. Well, I have this whole list of things, except I didn't have time to open the web browsers and preload everything. Well, let's forget that. We still have the restaurant review to do. Oh, God. So, what do you mean, oh, God? Because it ended exactly the, like the last time we had dinner with uh, we No, but with we can Nikki. review the restaurant without the reviewing the fact that, you know, you, you can't seem to control your emotions. No. No, what happens is you have an uncanny knack of turning a, a completely nice dinner into me actually agreeing with you, um, yelling at my girlfriend... <laughs> Where I should be punching your lights out. I couldn't believe myself. I'm like, what the hell am I doing? I'm letting this jackass get away with this crap. And I, 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 and I, was, I don't actually like you. I'm like, I'm telling you, no wonder this show is good because I think you're a dick. I could not believe myself. You're, I don't know what your problem is. Now, let's review the restaurant. All right. Ozuma. It's a place in San Francisco. It's been around for a while. I think the giveaway, if I'm going to give the final analysis of this thing, is this: there's, it's got a huge sushi bar, and there was not one person sitting at it. Yeah, it was completely empty. I agree. Yeah, that was kind of weird. I've never seen that. In San Francisco, which is sushi territory, all these places are packed. You can very rarely get to the sushi bar. The place was too expensive. Yes, it was outrageously expensive, um, it was pretentious. It was too pretentious. The Kobe beef was good. It I, wasn't that good. It was okay, but the thing that bugged me the most is we had two bottles of sake, indistinguishable from each other. It both tasted like you know water that made you drunk, and made you <laughs> and made you not punch out John Dvorak, but like agree with him while he's berating your girlfriend. Bad, bad <laughs> mojo. Berating her. Bo bad mojo. Uh, and it was, it, and I'm, and I'm like, we drank two bottles of sake amongst the three of us. It was set up for disaster. This was bad. This was, did you drive home? It wasn't that much. You, you should be arrested. <laughs> hey, unless I'm seeing double, I'm not worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> well, when you look at us, you kind of are. It's like, hey, yeah, there's two tall true. blonde people. Ironically what's, enough, what's going on with that? 
<laughs> no, um, it was no, but the, now the food was okay, but not for that price and not no, for no, the no, pretentiousness. The food, yeah, the food actually, the food was okay. The Kobe thing was not as good as it, as they claimed it to be. Yes, there's a lot of pretense at the place. The sake was way too expensive, but that was the cheap sake. They had sake on their on their list for six seven hundred dollars a bottle. It was ridiculous. Give me a break. They oh. had and they and they, they wanted to do the thing that bugged me the most. Even though you know everybody's kind of going along with the program, I was a little. I was we got me annoyed in, in almost instantly, which is probably the reason I was so, you know, uh, surly. Was yeah, I, uh, you think? Here's the problem. When, I, when these guys come over with the sales pitch, you know, about let me prepare a meal for you. And I'm looking at the guy, he's like 27 years old, and he wants to, you know, he wants to dream up some meal for us. And I'm looking at the menu, with the, which has enough good stuff on it. I'd like to ch- t- test a few things out. First thing I'm thinking of, well, that's interesting. This is what Nobu does. But unfortunately, when you eat at Nobu, by comparison, you get a tremendous stuff. I mean, Nobu... Yeah. And uh, especially the one in New York, which is the one I've had eaten at most. Although I've had I've eaten at the uh, Las Vegas Nobu too, and it's actually quite good. But it's extremely expensive, just like this place. But you get mind-boggling food. This place, you got just good sushi. So here, and here, was, yeah, I'm sorry. It was just I didn't think much of it. I wouldn't go back. No, me neither. And 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 you know what? For the place being so empty, why didn't they give us a table that actually had a real view? I checked that out. The, the tables with the real view, there was no uh, the, the four table, table four. There wasn't actually one up against the window. I I, I, did, I did check that I out. D- I did not like the way the tables were positioned. I, I thought you know it could have been a lot better. And hey, we were a pretty hot looking crowd. You know, we're all over six foot six foot one. You know, we're I think we lit up the place. We certainly lit up near the end. Uh, we boy, we were lit up. And but here here's the buzzkill. John, John says. You know, I said, well, man, well, how come you weren't excited, you know, when we said, you know, come on out to dinner? He's like, well, there was a game on television I really wanted to see. You know, you know, you are just... It's a re- Lakers game. Come on. You will tape that shit. TiVo it. You know, we weren't going to tell TiVo you. TiVo basketball is the worst thing in the world to TiVo. <laughs> I didn't. I, would, I didn't mean it as an insult, but you oh, were one. It, it you, came you, across you, as you, one. We all jacked up. Okay, I get out of the house. My wife, she's always going on. You're getting. You went out. You had some fun. You know, she's always lamenting. Well, then why don't you? Why don't you go live? Why don't you go live with your wife? You know, here's a concept: live with your wife for a while. Washington State. It's a little hard for her to haul her ass down here to have lousy sushi. You can. You can do the show from Washington State. Why do you live here at all? Because I'm, I'm doing some work for a company where the boss, if he does see once in a while, you're not working for me. <laughs> all right. <laughs> oh. Uh, end of show. Gee, we're out of time. The By band the way, is playing. Am, it's better to be in northern Silicon Valley if you're reporting on Silicon Valley. This is true. But you're going to be doing finances soon. And you've got your your Cycles book and your Pepper book and all this stuff that... Spices is, book is looking terrific. When wow. is that thing coming out, man? Can well, I proof it? I just final edit on it and then it's done. Can I proof it? You want to take a look at it? I'll send you the PDF. I'd love to. Are you kidding? You look at yeah. it and go, my God, this is gorgeous, this book. But is it interesting? Yeah. If you're into spices, it's extremely interesting. Then I'd, I'd be interested. What's the market for spices these days for a book about I, spices? I think the, the, what, the way Mimi did this book... There is nothing like it. She's kind of it's a backgrounder on the spices from the various areas of the world and what they what their theory of spicing is, and then a bunch of ways to mix up their style of spicing, and you can use it in your cooking if you want to. It's actually quite quite unique. Cool. 
Um, okay, so you're going to New York. Um, when are you back? I'm back Wednesday night. Ah, okay. What? You, uh, wait a minute. You're going. So you're going to do the show on Sunday from New York? I'm going to be in Washington because my son's graduating from Evergreen. So I'll oh, be up there. congratulations. Good. That's excellent. And uh, I will. Uh, I think I'm. I might be in Los Angeles. No, I don't know. On Sunday? Yeah, maybe for one day. I got to figure it out. We do the no, 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 no. I'm going to be here. I'll be here for the Sunday show. So I'll have okay. crappy bandwidth for the last time. And then I call right. Comcast Cares for the new place and we're all set. Lovely. Uh, coming to you from uh, the undisclosed Flophouse, I'm Adam Curry. And from the northern Silicon Valley, I'm John C. Dvorak. We'll talk to you again on Sunday right here on No Agenda.